Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. And what a fun show. Uh, just had Anson Whitmer on talking about his new app, Mental, which is a app for men's mental health. Uh, I mean, it sounds like, like an amazing app, really fun show, really learned a lot about you know men's mental health and just what we need to do there. And he was just a great guest. And I was telling him right when we got off, I said, man, you were a 10 out of 10, super fun, super vulnerable, super interesting, wealth of knowledge. The guy's a data scientist out of, out of Stanford, worked at Calm, was one of the founding members there. Uh, but yeah, great show. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoy. Guys, welcome to today's episode of The Greatest Machine. I'm your host, Darius Machado. And boy, do we have special guests. My man, Ed Anson Whitmer is in the house. What's up, Anson? All right. <laughs> Dude, I kind of fucked up on your name. Jesus, Darius, get, get, your, get your shit together. <laughs> oh, man. How's it going, man? Happy Friday. Doing great. You? Oh, I'm living the dream, baby. <laughs> i'm doing really really well man so so if you're listening to this it's it's a friday before uh labor day when we're filming but it won't be friday when you're listening to it um man do you mind if i do a little bit of housekeeping and then we're gonna hop in, hop right into the show yeah go for it. perfect so hey listen if you are a listener and you are new to the greatness machine we are about two things people living their passions and those creating greatness and doing so despite the odds my man anson here is another short of passion or greatness so um Anson and I, we were connected through a former guest and one of my homies, Doug the Dugger Irwin. Uh, he is a he's a staple in the uh, Reno startup scene, and he knows he knows me like he's like my brother from another mother. And he, he's like, man, you got to. He made an introduction, and he knows that I'm like kind of a I'm I'm I become a, a podcast snob. I won't, I won't, my friends are like, no, no, that I won't let people on the show anymore. And so he's like, and, and, and I'm going to say this. I was, I was really busy when he was hitting me up. So I was like, I didn't confirm quickly. 
and you and you don't know this answer but duggar hit me up probably five times for you to go oh, wow yeah he was really relentless about it and i was just so and I, and I was like i was i was totally like if he refers somebody to me i'm gonna say yes um no matter what but but i was just busy and i i don't even i don't think he knew either way but he was very relentless and i was like man the duggar really wants anson on the show so how you yeah. are my friend shout out doug awesome <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to enjoy a good show go listen to the duggar shows because those are great shows we talk about like hippie chicks and t- trump it's so fun um anyway um so <laughs> um so yeah so so you know the big thing that you know got me interested was you know anson's doing a lot of work around mental health for men and i'm going to give your formal bio really quickly here and then i'd love it if you you know here at the cravings machine we love origin stories i'd love if you could kind of dive into that for us but but man you're kind of a stud anson you're a phd in neuroscience the postdoc from stanford um founding team member and formerly the head of data science at calm uh the app as you guys will probably be aware of and you are now the founder of mental app uh mental which is an app uh around mental health for men. So man, so pumped to be here to talk to you about a couple things I love, uh, mental health for men and performance and us being our best selves. And I know that you're doing a lot of work around that. And I love the fact that you're doing it kind of with the mind of a data scientist. Because I think a lot of the times when we start talking about this stuff, it gets a little squishy. People are like thinking, you know, it's a little like, oh, you know, like, how, how, how are you feeling? And, and what's your, you know, you know, it's, it's, it, it tends to be kind of a, like a soft skill, soft subject. Mm. And, and I think that the data is really important because we got, we got some stuff going on in this world that I think that, you know, we need got to fix. Um, so yep. man, I'd love if you wouldn't mind kind of giving our audience a little bit of your origin story and we'll, we'll start with that if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ways what I'm doing at mental is culmination of my career's work to date. Uh, Started back when I was 19, my uncle who'd been living with me, we actually shared a bedroom. I, he killed himself. And uh, I realized he didn't resonate with a lot of the different approaches out there to help with mental health. Uh, and this motivated me to get my PhD in neuroscience. I wanted to understand why people like my uncle couldn't let go of their childhood and how that ultimately could lead to depression and suicide. Some years later, while I was out at Stanford doing research, uh, Got a call from my cousin, other side of the family. Um, He left a message, and I didn't get back to him in time. A few days later, he killed himself as well. Um, And only in retrospect did I realize, listening to that message, how much of a call for help it was. A week later, I was at his funeral, kind of dreary suburban Minnesota street, and uh, a group of people, 30 or 40, marched by holding up signs, and they were trying to raise awareness about the suicide crisis that's going on in this country. And what was just wild and surreal is that none of them knew my cousin and none of us knew them. We just all knew in that moment that we have not done enough in this country to tackle this crisis. And so that's kind of why I ended up leaving academia. It's just too slow. We're not making enough progress. We've made tremendous strides understanding the causes of mental illness, but so little to scale up its solutions. And so that is what motivated me to go over to Calm because I knew the power of meditation as a tool to uh, help people. And at that point in time, so few people were doing it. And I knew if we could remove that kind of hippy-dippy nature to it, uh, make it more commercial, we could scale it up. And we did. Millions more people into meditation and millions more know that it's a tool that's there for them, even if they're not currently using it. The problem was, though, at Calm, 
so few guys uh, weren't using that part of the product. Uh, they weren't getting the help. And if you look at the whole mental health space and the app space, that's just generally true. There's one report showing that there's 10 to 20,000 mental health apps out there, and they basically are all built for women. Even the general use apps like Calm, if you really look at the messaging, the tools, uh, it's pretty clear uh, why the dominant demographic of Calm is a middle-aged woman. And the issue is, is that men are 80% of suicides in this country. So if we don't figure out a way to get through to guys, we're never going to resolve this crisis. So when I left, took a sabbatical after Calm got to a $2 billion valuation, uh, started talking with my co-founder, who's the founding engineer at Calm. And we said, hey, uh, no one's doing anything in this space, which is a little bit mind-blowing and actually does make for a good business opportunity, but really mission-wise, it's so critical that we start finding ways to get through to guys if we're actually going to make a difference here. And so that's what kicked off uh, Mental about a year ago. Love it, man. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now, I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, 
all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Yeah, I, I tried. So um, I tried Calm. And uh, I don't know, man. Sexy Australian dude's voice just didn't just didn't get me going. You know, <laughs> that, that uh, Harry Styles bedtime uh, story didn't work for you. <laughs> I swear, I was like, I was like, God, I fucking hate this guy's voice. Uh, it felt it felt like like this, like some dude playing the bongos when I was in college, like <laughs> like on an island. I'm like I'm like this is a guy I would have like wanted to beat up. Like, I don't want to hear. <laughs> And so I try. I did try it, but I didn't like it. Um, so I used to, you know, I'd love to, uh, we could kind of talk a little bit about this. Um, well, I want to make more jokes about meditation and then, and then, and then we'll go, go into the data. <laughs> so I used to joke. So the, so as we, as I mentioned earlier that, um, we know, we're, we know each other through Doug Irwin, who is a great friend of mine. And, um, and so when and he and I, Doug, were in a EO group, EO forum, Formerly, yeah, we're now rogue, but um, we, it's a men's group, essentially, of CEOs, entrepreneurs. We've been together in the same group for 17 years uh, this fall, and which is rare, you know, to get that type of support as a, a you know, in, for anyone. So it's a gift, yeah. really, um, to do life with people like that. And so I uh, got lucky, got into this group, support group. It was meant to be support from a business standpoint. It has totally morphed into this, like, thing where we're just supporting each other through life. Um, and... I got introduced to meditation through that, um, mm. mostly from from Doug, really. Um, and I remember I used to the joke to to that group and to anyone that would listen. I'd say, "Man, there's two things in this world that I hate: meditation and hiking." And I don't know which one I hate, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny, right? Because hiking is like kind of like meditation in in, the, in nature, yeah. right? Um, and so I, I hate. I, I absolutely. I hated it. Like I, I didn't understand it. I would say I'm bad at at meditation, which is a funny thing to say once you learn how to meditate. You know, it's like yeah, it d- yep. doesn't even make it. It actually doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say, but I was this. You know, I thought you had to be good at it. Oh, you got to clear your mind. I'm not good at clearing my mind, and I just sit here and my mind's racing the whole time, and I'm supposed to focus on my fucking breath, and like this is boring the shit out of me. And I'm four minutes in, <laughs> I'm counting the seconds for it to be over, and I absolutely hated it. And so that was. I would say my first couple years experience with meditation was oh, you stuck I could, with it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, it was just, no, I didn't stick with it at all. Actually. Um, I tried it mm. like, and then people would be like, let's do a quick meditation before our meeting. Like the men's group I'm in and, and, and I'd sit there for three minutes and I would like want to shoot myself for all three minutes. <laughs> and so it was just a really, like I wasn't good at it. Right. It, it, at least that was my perspective, which is again, now yeah, being where I'm at is it's a funny perspective to have, right? And what ended up happening to me was kind of the thing you're talking about. I, I was out there looking at all these different, you know, modalities and apps. And this is like right when smartphones were getting big, so that some of the apps started getting big. Um, but what changed it for me was I had a massive crisis, and one of the other guys in the group said, "You know, man, why don't you just, you know?" And he could hear, man, I was spiraling hard mm-hmm. and having, I was just hardcore anxiety. I had a major business thing that went down. This is about four years ago. Yeah, this is March of 19. So again, I, at this point, I'm five, six years into trying it, not been successful at it. I've struggled with a lot of mental health in my, in my life with depression and anxiety to this point. I mean, it's mm. been a major, major problem for me. Um, and I hit this wall because this major thing happens in my business that causes a lot of anxiety and stress. And my friend said, why don't you just meditate, man? 
And one of the t- one of my attempts that had been maybe two years prior was Doug had said, "Hey, you should check out the the Waking Up app, mm. Sam Harris's app." Yep. And and I tried, and he had like a it was like a fifty meditation day, like training, right? And I made it to day like two, and then I turned it off, right? And but I was I was desperate, I was super desperate, so I went back at that moment. And that and, and that was my first and I started actually meditating and mm. and 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 it actually started working. Um, it at least helped, right? And the reason the reason and so I, I I guess for me like kind of going back to what you said a moment ago. My question for you is: I didn't like. I just felt like it was hippy dippy and bullshit, and I'm bad at it. And then I just realized there's no such thing as being bad at it. And the one thing I liked about Sam Harris, which I've since moved on from there, is it seemed like he was doing it with like a kind of like a logic, like it was kind of geared more towards men, right? Mm. It was more logical. It was not hippy dippy. It was around explaining what you're doing and why you're doing it. It was a guided meditation, which was helpful, but I'd love to, you know, that's that, what that resonated for me enough to get me into it. And I've now from those four years, I mean, I think, I think I've meditated 260 times this year so far. You know? oh, wow. And I yeah. average 20, 25 minutes a day. And at least when I do it and I do it without a guided meditation now. So I'd love to hear like, why is it that, you know, you, you, you've got into this, obviously you have some really strong personal reasons to getting into this world, but what does the data say? Why is it that men are not doing the things that maybe women are doing to, to help with their mental health? And, and how are you guys trying to change that? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. I mean, even if you just look at meditation, I, uh, one of the kind of issues that you see about it is just, it's really abstract, right? It's like, hey, sit here, focus on your breath, and then you're going to just start feeling great. And you're like, wait, what? How is that exactly supposed to help me? Um, and and so people do that and they go, is this actually helping me? I'm focusing on my breath. Am I doing this right? And it's hard to know. Uh, and it's hard to see that path there. And that is a key difference with guys is that they often, when they have problems, instead of reflecting and just becoming aware, they want to take actions. Uh, they want to solve problems. And so the meditation approach is a little bit more on the reflective side. And it, this is actually, uh, I had a, was talking to my wife the other day and there was something going on with her. And I was like, just started hopping in. I'm like, okay, well, how can we solve this, you know, like, and given ideas, et cetera. And she just stopped me and she was like, Anson, I just want you to say, I hear you and I'm sorry for what you're going through. <laughs> you're like, that's, too, that's too emotional. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. Uh, I hear you, babe. Uh, I'm sorry for what you're going through. And she's like, thank you. I feel better now. And yeah. for guys though, it's like, if I started telling a friend about what I'm going through and they're like, I hear you. I'm sorry for you, Anson. I'd be like, that's all you got. Uh, like I'm, I'm trying to fix something here. Help me fix it. And, and if guys kind of like jump in and they're like, Oh, what do we, why don't we try this or that? And, and if a guy's trying to help you solve a problem with you, you feel seen that way. We also want to be seen, but that's how we feel seen. But you go into something like meditation and it's just, it's just focus on the feelings. And it's, so it's a little bit abstract and we need to find ways to make this more concrete, uh, where it feels more action oriented. Uh, you know, like, our mental app, we still uh, get guys to get present in the moment, but we use our modality we use is a cold shower. This is how we teach guys with uh, different types of mental tools. Because when you are in cold water, 
you have to be present. You don't have a choice. And I, I've seen that. I, I was really motivated by cold water some years ago. I did uh, a couple two-minute sits in 38-degree water, and I just let myself be fine with it and be present with it. And it felt like an hour of meditation. And by what I mean by that and what people often miss with meditation, am I doing it right or not? It's like when it does hit you, you are so fully present in the moment and you realize that in the present moment, almost all the time, things are, they're okay. Even if you're in some pain, like you hurt your leg or something like that. If you say in the present moment, you don't have all these meta thoughts about like, oh, if my legs hurt, how am I going to play basketball or whatever? If you just stay in that moment, it's, things are fine. Uh, so it's kind of the cold water brings you into that moment. And you can kind of work on these tools in that cold water where you're like, so it feels action oriented way to like incorporate them as one of your tools. Uh, so that next time you get kind of those stress hormones going, they start to pop up and you find ways to come back into the moment or reframe that stress in a different sort of way. I love that, man. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think that's, it's interesting because I, the way I've kind of viewed this as I've learned more about it and practiced it more and more, I practice a lot. It's a daily practice for me now. Um, and, and is that I started viewing it as a muscle, right? Mm. So like I do squats and I get my legs stronger. I do deadlifts and I get my lower back stronger. I do, you know, bench press and I get my chest stronger. I'm like, I do meditation. I get my brain stronger. I get my mind stronger. And yeah. it's just, and, and, and what I've learned is that that creates a lot more resilience for me to handle these situations that are just really hard. Right. Like, because we have all, I mean, dude, the mind is a complicated motherfucking thing. Right. And, and like, like you, you know, and the more you start to play with it, the more you start to like see that some like I'm I'm my biggest liar to myself, and I create these stories, and then those stories have triggers, and these certain triggers create the stories, and they go both ways. And when those happen, stress hormones happen, and then I get all freaked out, and you know, yep. and yep. and I start spiraling, and, and and you start to look at it mathematically. You're like, this is a really gnarly equation that it has a hundred different you know formats. Um, and for me, I was like, wow, I'm complicated. And I need some way to short circuit when I start going into, the, into these directions. And, and the biggest short circuit I have is just to have give, building up this capacity. And, and again, I just viewed it. The minute I started thinking of it as this is a muscle I have, and the stronger I get it, instead of me reacting in a split second and then looking back and seeing red and realizing that I'm like pummeling myself, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that thing pisses me off. Maybe I should yeah. maybe take a split second to think about. It. So, so that's, that's where for me, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that yeah. like, is that kind of how you guys view this? Because I've made it that simplistic and it got really easy once I made it that simplistic. Yeah. I mean, it's like that. I think a lot of guys look up to those uh, dudes in the movies who are just badass who could remain cool under pressure. Like, like the guy from a Quentin Tarantino movie who's about to be shot. And instead of being scared, he's like, let me tell you a story about something that's totally unrelated and all circles around at the end to insult the guy who's about to shoot him. And then he gets shot. And we're like, wow, that guy was so cool. And we think that that's just like, oh, I can naturally be that way. And I think a lot of us have this belief that, hey, as I age, I'll just have a stronger mindset. I'll be more wise. I'll be more of a badass just by aging. But the reality is, is that is not the case. If you don't work on your mindset, if you don't grow your wisdom, you aren't going to grow that way. Um, and we see this in 
like say uh, our Navy SEAL is a teacher of our like cold shower protocol. They aren't naturally that way, but what they do is they put themselves in situations of stress over and over so that they get used to those stress hormones. They know how to operate under them. They learn all these different types of mental tools so that they could reflexively use them when they're in stressful situations. That's why uh, a Navy SEAL told me recently that one of the guys on SEAL Team 6 that was going to take down Osama uh, fell asleep on the helicopter while they're in Pakistan (laughs) Um, because he was just able to kind of control his mind because he's done so much training about how to deal with stress. And so like when we uh, push people in the cold shower, when you go into cold, you have stress hormones, uh, adrenaline, noradrenaline, they start pumping through you. And if you start using these tools in that kind of moment, they become reflexively your tools. Every time stress hormones kick up, do you start using these tools? It's like, do you calm your breathing? Do you relax your body? Uh, do you reframe the stress in a way that's going to be helpful for, t- for you? Or do you go down a path of negative self-talk? And it's really critical that you're training these kind of things. It's uh, it shows up for me again, probably bad to keep bringing my wife into this, but she was giving me some crap for not loading the dishwasher, uh, the other night. And I got all annoyed about it. I'm so busy, so much going on with work. I don't have time to load the dishwasher perfectly. Went to the bathroom and I found myself just reflexively changing my breathing, relaxing my body. And then I, once I did that, it was suddenly easy to change my self-talk. And I was like, Hey, you're being a little silly, Anson. And I came out of the bathroom in a different mood. And it wasn't that my wife was looking to fight about anything. So I didn't ruin the evening. Uh, and this is the kind of thing you get if you actually start training daily your mental muscle to handle stress in a different way. Uh, if you train yourself to get out of that negative self-talk and just come back into the moment and realize, hey, in the moment, everything's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. I think okay, you're you're going there. This this, and again, I I think the the stronger you make the muscle, and this is just how I've. It's what got me from saying it's the 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 number one thing I hate is, I would say was meditation. Like I literally I I hate meditation. I, I hate doing it, and I literally I was writing a bio for myself for this new business I'm building right now, and. I wrote like transcendental meditator, you know, that, that's like, I identify with it now mm. because it's like, it's such a big part of my life. Right. So like, I'm, I'm dude, listen, if there's a freaking Guinea pig to show you, someone can like go from one end of the spectrum to the other. I mean, I'm pretty far over on the other end of the spectrum. I'm not like doing it like three hours a day, like a monk, but like dude, in a perfect day, I'll meditate an hour a day, you know, and that's this awesome. is co- coming from someone that did not meditate and like hated it. And so I view it as having that muscle to your point, you know, giving yourself that that capacity, that resilience, because you've you've you have these tools. I've, I just view it as a really important tool. And when you start looking, um, I have a good friend Hal Elrod, who wrote the book Miracle Morning, and he has. Are you familiar with it, with Hal or his book? Yeah, yeah. So he he has this thing called Savers, and the number one S in Savers is silence, which is essentially meditative practice. And what what he did, how he came up with this to support your business and what you're doing is he said he went and studied what like the most successful people in the world do right yep. and it was like silence was one of their practices affirmation was one of their practices visualization was one of their practices exercise was one of their practices reading was one of their practices and, and scribing or journaling was one of their practices so these six different practices and he yeah. said okay i'm just going to create a practice where you do all six of them 
So, I mean, no joke, literally an hour before our show, I did my 25 minute meditation and then I ran through all his savers and did my miracle morning. And then I did, and I do, I've, I've added other stuff to it too, but, but it's like, it's a recentering. And I just, again, go, I go back to, I go, Hey, look, there's a lot of guys out there that are listening to this where I'm like, Hey man, if I told you don't do deadlifts and squats and eat your protein and watch your diet, you'd be like, I'm not doing that Darius. And, and, but if, but if I said, Hey, don't, you know, you need to meditate, that same guy might be like, why the fuck would I do that? It's like, it'd be the, and my viewpoint is you're better off doing the meditation than doing the other stuff. Um, yeah. I want, I want to take a step and, back. Be, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was oh, sorry. I, I just love that because, uh, you know, when I've talked about my founder story with suicide is that people sometimes ask, Oh, is your app for guys who are in a crisis state or suicidal? And I don't think apps are for anyone who's in a crisis state. You really need hands-on help in that kind of situation. Uh, but also more importantly, it's the wrong time to try to connect with people. Where we're really trying to connect with guys is when they're okay or even doing better and start teaching them these tools. Because as you just said, if you look at men who are great, who are doing amazing things, the best athletes, the best entrepreneurs, etc., they all work on their mind a ton. They realize the power of this. For most of them, it's a daily practice. So if we get guys who are okay or maybe even doing a little better than that to realize the power of these tools... We're not trying to necessarily pull them away from a depressed state to an okay state. What we're trying to do is take you from an okay or pretty good state to greatness, to the next level. And that's what these tools, I think, really are capable of. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. So I want to, um, I have some stuff to say on that, but I wanted to take a step back because you got me so excited to, to tell my story. And just because I feel like this, again, we're, we're talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. Like, the, like I, I mentioned a moment ago, I identify as a meditator now. Um, and so, you know, when you were in school, were you like, was it about studying the mind? And, and again, I know you have some crazy degrees around neuroscience and around data, but was it with the intention of going into technology and, and solving these problems? Or was it just around an inquisitiveness as to what happened to your family and, and trying to understand it better? What, what, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, no, my goal was to go into a professorship. When I set out, even at the beginning of my postdoc, um, so I hadn't decided to go into tech. I just became a little dis disillusioned with academia. Um, and yeah, my research was focused on rumination or how we just get stuck dwelling on the same thing, uh, whether it's something we're angry about or something we're sad about and how some people really struggle to let that go and how that could lead to depression, anxiety, PTSD. Also, part of that is... Uh, Women are a little bit more prone to that, and men are prone to doing the opposite, which is distracting, not paying attention. And that's why men are so much more likely to fall into substance abuse and workaholism and different things when they're struggling emotionally because they don't want to see it. And so they block even themselves from seeing it by a lot of distraction. But that also leads to all kinds of problems. It's a little bit less likely to lead to kind of classical symptoms of depression, such as uh, sadness and loss of pleasure, but it's more likely to lead to kind of a male form of depression, uh, which is very underdiagnosed. And actually, a lot of clinical psychologists aren't even that aware of male depression, but it is uh, where you're more irritable or angry, and that's kind of popping out, um, or you're doing risky things and, and substance abuse. They're really big signs, and underneath it, uh, you're depressed. And that's like you, with depression, when I say anger, 
for a lot of men, anger is a funnel emotion. Irritability and anger, it's something it's safe for men to express in society uh, because it is masculine and it won't be disrespected. Uh, so a lot of men will express their emotions just that one way. And sadness and these other kind of emotions are actually hidden behind it. So a lot of men will actually find out that a lot of this anger is because they're depressed or they're really sad. And once they kind of open themselves up to what's behind that, they're actually then able to make progress on improving their lives and feeling better. Oh, I love that, man. It makes sense, right? And, and I, I mean, I, th- I feel like we are, I think we're opening into this world right now and, you know, where number one, I think like the use of psychedelics is kind of back mm. in vogue, right? Which mm-hmm. some, some people listen to this might be like, I'm not doing that. And, and you know, that's a personal choice. But but I think that it, I, I think that's more of a symptom of this, what we're, the bigger picture what we're talking about here is that people are trying to understand their mind better. Mm-hmm. And there has been such, this is way more in the zeitgeist now than ever before. We're talking about, you have these technologies and apps. And I saw a thing on Facebook where they were doing like ketamine, uh, like subscriptions. Yeah, like, oh, that, my, that looks fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait. Uh, uh, I, th- I think I need that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't feel good. Uh, I, I I need to turn on some house music and and yeah. go see my therapist. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Darius, are you in a K hole? No, 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 not at all. Um, no, freaking on my mental health. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm building my resilience. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I I do think that that's it's it's obviously out there right now. And I think that it's that it's that we're seeing that what, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's us Gen Xers coming of age, right? Where we, you know, I'm going to speak for myself at this point where I grew up with two parent, two men in my life who were depressed dudes. And one of them used, you know, alcohol to like numb himself. Mm-hmm. The other one was just an asshole. Um, and, and, and my dad, I didn't have like two gay dads. It's my grandfather and my, my dad. And, um, and so that was like, that was like my like role model for like dealing with yeah. life. It was not good. It was like pretty poor actually. Right. Uh, my mom, by the way, is LCSW. So my mom's like a, like a clinical social worker with a master's in social work. So I grew up with on one side of, of, yeah, totally interesting. And my parents were like, you know, married. So one, I had one dude that was totally <laughs> out of touch with his emotions. And then my mom, who's like a hardcore therapist. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I had, I got, I got to kind of see both. Um, but I, I think that it's just now becoming maybe more normalized for men to be able to show their emotions. And you're, and I see that there's kind of men who are embracing this and then there's this almost backlash, right. Uh, that I'm seeing where it's like, where it's, uh, it, I don't know where, I guess the way, best way of describing it is if you're looking on, looking on social media, there's just like, we need, you know, have you ever seen the meme? It's like, tough men make, you know, create yeah. greatness and greatness creates soft men, which creates bad times, which creates, you know, hard men that create good times. Right. And so I, whenever I've seen that meme, I'm, I totally butchered the meme right now, but, but whenever I've seen that, and I, I mean, I know a lot of people out there pushing that, like who have that mindset, this like almost autocratic mindset around, you know, people are soft these days. And, and, and look, there probably is some truth to like the toxicity of, you know, you're being violent. I'm like, why? Because it says something you don't like. It's like, come on. Like that's that that's kind of taking it to an extreme where we're watching everyone's feelings too much. But on the other side of the spectrum is like, hey, you're not allowed to show emotion because that's what shows weakness. Which yep. like, there's too much weakness in the world. So, what what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I love that. It's so key to what we're about too, is we we talk about it a lot. There's like one side of the spectrum we call the better eat your veggies side, which is telling men, hey, go to therapy, be emotionally vulnerable. Uh, and those are research proven to improve you uh, and help you, but they don't connect with a lot of guys. And uh, and if you don't connect with guys, you're not going to help them. The reason I think in some ways that they don't connect is it often gets tied up in the conversation around toxic masculinity, which is not always intended this way, but I think is often heard as masculinity is generally just toxic and that it's a push, hey, men, be less masculine, be androgynous. Uh, and men are pretty resistant to that. Interestingly, if you look at masculinity, uh, there's, there's femininity and masculinity and women seem to embrace both femininity and masculinity which kind of makes sense if you see masculinity as powerful. Uh, and so women are embracing that more powerful side. Um, but men only embrace masculinity, not femininity at all. So some of that push kind of feels like pushing men towards the feminine side, which they don't want. So they reject. It's not helpful. The other side is, hey, men, just be more like John Wayne. Go back to being a cowboy. Um, and the problem with that is that we don't live in an environment where the fastest draw with a six shooter is the one who survives and thrives anymore. Uh, I, I think back in the time, you know, our great grandparents' age, out on the high plains, not showing emotions, being stoic, and just being a mean uh, son of a bitch is like that probably did help you survive in those hard times. But modern times, they have really changed. We have very different lifestyles now. If you want to thrive in modern society, you need to be able to collaborate. Collaborate requires emotional intelligence. Modern society is where we sit all the time. We have screens in front of us all day long. If you don't figure out a way to upgrade and update your mind to be able to handle these types of modern pressures, well, you are going to become a lonely person. You are going to be perpetually distracted, which will lead you to being an anxious and depressed sort of person. You need to find ways to work on your mind to be able to stay emotionally healthy in modern age. And there is a reason why we've seen mental illness spike since 2009, 2010. Suicide is at an all-time high right now. Even post-pandemic rates are getting worse. It's because modern pressures are very different. So if we continue going about our life thinking that we could live like we did in the past and do well, we're just sorely mistaken. Uh, so really, like mental, we really believe in the third way, which is how do we kind of not make it all about emotional vulnerability? How do we actually embrace masculinity and be uh, that masculinity is a good thing? Uh, but that doesn't mean we're going back to the cowboy times where that masculinity means, hey, I can't show emotions. Like There is a balance point there that is really healthy for all of us. Yes, it's, it's interesting what you just said. Um, I, I do you follow Ryan Holiday at all? You, yeah, uh, yep, yeah. I've been like devouring Ryan Holiday's books this year. I've read like five of them, and um, and uh, Dave Goggins, right? God can't hurt me. <laughs> so, so I, I, I said this is uh, my year of don't be a bitch. Um, so, so it's, but it's kind of funny, right? Like, like you're talking to someone that literally has read both the Goggins book and five Ryan Holiday books this year. And like, I love this stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and I was talking to a friend about this and they're like, yeah, it's kind of us. Actually, uh, we were talking about the show. Um, I was talking to Moby on our show and, and we were talking about stoicism and, um, 
And he's like, yeah, it's weird. Like stoicism has like a 3000 year resurgence, you know, yeah. popular 3000 years ago. It's super popular right now. Obviously guys like Ryan holiday pushing it, but I find myself like reading it and it's motivating me. And, and so I'd love to hear like what your thoughts are on how can you incorporate the two? Because I think there's some really great wisdom to be had around maybe the way, uh, you know, Epicurus or, you know, Marcus Aurelius think about life, right? These are great people. And when I read it, I go, yeah, like there's something to be said around doing hard things or if we're going to talk Dave Goggins, like pushing through your inner bitch and like <laughs> getting stuff done, but doing it in a healthy way, because I'm, I'm coming from a place of love when I do it now. And I'm pushing myself harder than I ever pushed myself before. I mean, you should see my practices. It's like, I, I, it's like the laundry list of like what you should do if you want to like it. Like it's, it's yeah. I'm like cold plunge, workout, meditate. You know, like Nate, like checklist, right? Um, it's a lot of hard stuff I'm doing consistently with the intentions of doing harder things, but coming from a place of love with with great mental wellness. How can you? How do you kind of reconcile both of those? Yeah, no, I, I love this, and you know, one of my problems with the common narrative that we hear around therapy and emotional vulnerability is that those are tremendously powerful tools, research-based. They will help you if you use them, Uh, but they're helpful for certain types of problems. And there's a lot of other tools out there. And what I like about stoicism for men in particular is it doesn't start with emotions. It's not really like, hey, how are you feeling? Be more vulnerable. In a lot of ways, there's a toughness to stoicism. I love like one of the lessons, which is uh, having someone in your life, uh, maybe it's your child, and I do this with my children, where I look at them and go, you may die unexpectedly. I might just lose you. It could be tomorrow. It could be today. And when that happens, I just the intensity of love that I could feel for my kid when I appreciate that. And, and there's a real toughness to have that mentality to not avoid death and stoicism is incredible that way. So it could really lead to a shift in your mental perspective, change your self-talk without necessarily starting with emotions. Uh, And that's how you connect with guys. And Goggins, uh, I love Goggins, uh, but we also have this saying uh, in the company, we always are joking around saying, uh, never go full Goggins. (laughs) No, no, no. It's like, I I even think he doesn't go full Goggins, right? It's an alter ego for him. It's got to be, uh, or something uh, he's really struggling to get through to something that happened to him. No, have, have you read his newest book? His, the, the, I've the read the first book? one. I've yet to read the second one. It's on my list. Read the second one, because what you realize is, is it's an alter ego that he's created to help him like push through life. Mm. But dude, the guy's got some real fun. I mean, dude, the guy's got gnarly issues, right? Like yeah. there's no way you do that to yourself. Like if you, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, dude, you're running on broken legs, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, 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 like I get it. Like you're, you're a badass. but like, I'm like at some point, like, it, it, it's just an extreme, right? And, yeah, and that's why you never go full Goggins. You don't yeah. need to run four thousand miles on broken legs to prove yourself. <laughs> well, you don't uh, think you, should, you do five thousand pull-ups in a day? That, that's not helpful. <laughs> it's so aspirational, though. If like guys are aiming in that direction and see it, then hopefully they're getting off the couch and run a couple miles and trying to do a few pull-ups. You know, 
Uh, I'm going to go 20% Goggins. 20% Goggins <laughs> is like, that's, that's a nice dose, right? Cause it's like, that's enough a great dose. You, I, I'm a solid 20% Goggins and like I might creep up to 25 every now and again, but if I start dipping below that, I feel like I'm not doing yeah. enough. So yeah, sometimes I, I need that voice in my head, uh, you know, like bench pressing uh, Goggins comes in and I push so hard that I feel like my head's going <laughs> to pop off. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, you, you want that Goggins voice there now and then. You just don't want it there sure. all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, gosh. So, you know, like, yeah, like it's like it's tough to be men, you know. And so I, I want to take a step back to your days at Calm. So you end up leaving academia. That's not an uncommon thing in this world now. That's a tough place to be. People go there, obviously, with the right intentions. And they kind of see the bureaucracy of it. And But you're highly educated. How did you decide to, you know, go and become one of the, you know, founding members of Calm and, and to kind of do that work over there? Yeah, I I actually started meditating when I was eighteen. It's been on and off my whole life. I've done silent retreats. Uh, really seen the power of it. Also knew the power of it through research uh, to prevent the onset of mental illness if you're doing it uh, to increase joy of life. But also, if you do happen to fall through the cracks and you are getting into crisis state, it can also help you get back on your feet. Uh, so I knew it was potential. But at that point in time, most people saw it as something done on college campuses or maybe at Burning Man. <laughs> um, so even our, our first investors, I was there before our Series A. Um, and some investors balked at investing in us because they thought it was too niche. Not enough people uh, would do it. And I knew that if we could just kind of change that discourse a little bit uh, and we could open up to more people, they would see the power of it. And uh, yeah, it was, so it was really cool over the years, making tremendous strides there. Our head of UA, I would often tell her, I think you've gotten more people to meditate than any single person in history. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it was an exciting period. That's pretty cool. And so why did you end up deciding to leave? Was it just like seeing that there was a gap in the market or you kind of ran its course? What what was like the kind of motivation for you to, to look into a different direction? Yeah, good question. Uh, there was a few things going on, but we definitely, uh, around that point in time, a lot of the early people all kind of left. And I think it's because the company had shot up and it started being... There was awareness that we had a couple of years until we reached an IPO and it wasn't quite the startup life anymore where you could have the same kind of impact in the same way. And, and I saw that there's all these other potential problems out there. And I was like, this is actually an amazing time to go out there and start something up on my own. So I got excited to step back. And I didn't jump into something because I really don't think you should. Uh, the first idea is rarely the best idea. And... Really, what I did is gave myself a few months to just really not think about anything in particular, but just let my mind explore and wander um, and able to really figure out what was right for me. It's, it's, it is kind of weird when you, particularly when you have success, a lot of new opportunities start popping up and you can start just running around trying to exploit those opportunities, grabbing all mm -hmm. the fruit off the trees. But Often, that's not really what you, your 80-year-old self wants you to do. They want you to step back and go, 
you have this short life. What is it that you want out of it? Make sure that you're seeing that bigger picture. So the next thing you do isn't about just seizing those easy to achieve rewards and instead going after the thing that really is meaningful to you and having a big impact and changing culture here. I, that, that is the thing to me. That's awesome, man. Um, I want, so you left there, what, in 2021? Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. And, yeah, and two years and ago. So what did you notice? Like, did you notice? I, I just have I want one more question about Calm, and then I want to go to the new, the, the new business and really you know, talk a little bit about that. Did, what, did you guys notice any major trends during COVID with, with the Calm app? Oh, wow. I, yeah. There's a huge spike in, in usage of Calm and mental health in general. That was silver lining of the pandemic is that it tremendously changed cultural conversation around mental health. It became a lot more normal for people to talk about it, way more normal for people, including men, to talk about getting help and the importance of getting help when you're going through something hard. And more people became aware that if they don't work on their mindset on a daily basis, that they will struggle. And so I think a lot more people started incorporating mental workouts into their daily routines in ways that we just did not see pre 2020. How much, how much, um, when you say spike, like how much did the usage of the app increase during the time? Do you, do you recall? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I remember exactly, but it was a pretty notable increase. Interesting. Um, and so um, in, in moving over to mental, um, outside of, you know, when you start thinking about your this business at scale, right? It's, it's about a year old, a little bit over a year old. You guys raised money for it. Is that right? Yeah, we raised money last fall. Um, and then we launched the app only six months ago. Okay. So, so you guys have just launched. It's early days. Um, when you start looking at like what is what's your goal with this with this as far as what does this turn into when you think of like coming from a calm where you were there as first ten and you know founding members you left when it was you know at scale you start looking at this business what 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 would you hope to achieve with this business like who's the perfect person to come and you know try it out give us some give us some thoughts around that yeah yeah right now the app really it has two different sides to it one side is really. Uh, it's more content-based, like this cold shower protocol, which is kind of like Huberman protocols productized and made easy for you. Uh, daily mindset uh, shift and perspective that's all done with humor. Um, that side of the app really is about uh, increasing your, your stress threshold, your capacity to handle stress. Uh, the other side of the app is using AI coaching. Uh, with large language models uh, and tech we're building over those models uh, to help you solve the things that are causing you stress, to solve your stressors. Uh, and I think just the the content part of that app, the daily nudge bit is similar to Calm and has this potential by itself to be a billion dollar business with sight lines for 10 billion as you move into payer and B2B. Uh, the AI coaching, I really tremendously believe that we are going to see a massive disruption of the therapy space. Some people are always going to want to see therapists in person and they always will have a role. They won't be replaced, but there is a massive shortage of 
therapists. Most therapists are over 55, so the shortage is going to get worse. Many people can't afford them. They don't have time to go to them. It's hard to find one that understands you, so it could be a hard process. Uh, with the AI tech that is that we have now and that we're building out mental, we believe that a lot of people are going to be able to get help in really deep ways uh, through just this tech. In some ways, it's better than humans because you could say a paragraph about yourself of things you want. And this AI tech can basically translate that into a set of values that you have for life in a way that just a human therapist couldn't do so easily. So I think there's actually some ways where the AI could be better than humans at understanding you and helping you uh, go on a path uh, towards a better life. So, I, so hold on. when you say coach, do you mean, are you guys like creating tech that's like, I go on a screen and there's like a, a humanoid person talking to me, or is it just like a chat bot talking to you or both? Uh, right now, yeah, that part of the app is text where it's a back and forth text conversation, but we will be going to the point where it's just a conversation that you're having with the app where you hear it and you talk back to it. And, and so is it visual and audio or is it just because I've actually done uh, I was doing was it PDTR therapy like over Zoom with therapists. Um, I did therapy over Zoom for a couple of years during COVID actually. So is the idea it, it, when you start thinking of the, the future of like mental health coaching and thinking of an app like yours, is it where literally there's like AI people I'm talking to and we're having a conversation or is it like give me give me your thoughts on this five, 10 years from now? Yeah, uh, that's actually what we have. <clears throat> when you come into that, we ask you about legendary men that you aspire to be like. Uh, Bruce Lee, Ryan Reynolds are two of our most popular ones. Uh, Muhammad Ali is up there. Uh, and what we actually do in the coaching is that you can get coached by one of these legends or just like the calms or mentals coach. Uh, but it's actually kind of from the perspective of one of these legendary guys where they help you work through a stressor in your life, which to me is amazing because what we talked about earlier is that all of the great men out there, they dealt with a lot of stress and they're really good at dealing with stress. Uh, hmm. So they are the perfect sort of people to be able to lead you kind of through that and also make you aware of that raising your stress tolerance uh, and being good at solving stressors is critical if you want to be great. So, so wait, so you're telling me that I can go in there and have a conversation with a AI bot version of Ryan Reynolds and he can like Van Wilder style, like give me advice. Yeah. Yeah. You're, <laughs> I, we're about to release, uh, this is going to be out soon where it's like, Hey, I'm just really stressed right now. I, and there's some days, you know, where you just feel really stressed. Maybe you don't know why, or maybe you do. And you just want to take that down from feeling like a four out of five on the stress scale. And you just want to take that down to a three or a two. You go in there and talk to Ryan Reynolds or Bruce Lee, and they will uh, talk you down from <laughs> that high stress level to a stress level that you could tolerate for the rest of your day. That's, you guys got you guys got to do The Rock. You should do Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne you definitely got to do Dwayne Johnson. You should do Ari from um, Jeremy Jeremy Piven from Entourage. He should be amazing. Because yes. <laughs> I, I think, but he can't yell at you like he would yell at, at his assistant. Um, that would be incredible. I, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I want to try the app now. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what's the? Um, I know we're kind of running short on time here, but what's the when you start looking at like. Um, if the goal here is to give mental, like, like 
mental health support? Is it just, so it sounds like there's a teaching element. It sounds like there's a coaching element. There's also obviously a, 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 like a meditation element. Is that correct? Within the app? Right now there's, there's nothing about meditation per se. I, there are a lot in the cold shower. We are teaching you tools to become mindful, to become present, but there's nothing around sitting down and focus on your breathing for five or 10 minutes. Interesting. Okay. So you guys are, yeah, you're really taking a totally different approach. I, I, I actually yeah. totally made the wrong, I, I, I've been sitting here for 49 minutes thinking that there, this was a meditation app. So, so, so. <laughs> yeah, that is just calm, calm for men. And, and that, that's actually what you often see in this space is men go, or people go, Hey, we got to do something for men. Let's just paint it blue. Uh, we'll just say it's calm, but now we're going like, to color it blue and have a male meditation teacher and it'd be like, you guys like this now? And that doesn't work. You just We're questioning so many different assumptions about what it means to get through to guys. For example, one of our first hires, I'm, I'm sure we're the only mental health app that made this a first hire, was a stand-up comedian. Um, the whole space, if you look at it, it's so serious. Uh, and it's understandable because mental health is often a serious issue. Uh, and there is a place for a kind of a clinical approach. But to a lot of guys, if you make it serious and it feels like going to church, they are, <laughs> you already have a hard time bringing them in and you're making it harder. So why don't we start with humor? And in many ways, I believe we're building out what liquid death did for water. I think we're building out the liquid death of the mental health space because we could just be irreverent and funny. I mean, our whole first part of our app is built around men's shit shower and shave routine. <laughs> the, the daily deuce, uh, we say, uh, instead of doom scrolling during your daily deuce, listen to the daily deuce. It's just two minutes of mindset and humor. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think uh, there's just a lot of ways we, where we're having fun uh, in the space and we're bringing mental tainment, uh, shift your mindset while being entertained uh, to, I love to mental health. I love that, man. So I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you a quick story and then we'll end with like how people can connect. Um, so about, like I said, four years ago, I was going through this really gnarly time in my life and I was probably, gosh, seven or eight months into it and it lasted for about a year. Um, and it was like, it was peaking at hardness around seven or eight months, like where I was like, like, I I was not suicidal, but I was like, mm. I understood for the first time in my life why people killed themselves. Mm. I was like, if this is what my life was going to be like, dude, I'd be fucking off myself. This is, this sucks. Like mm. I was just hardcore, like the just gnarly spiraling rumination. It couldn't, I was having day, day terrors, night, like, like dreaming about my problems constantly. It was, I couldn't escape it. Um, it was really, really hard. It was, it was the hardest, one of the hardest times of my life. And, um, and so the, the, the happy ending of it is obviously it got better. But before that, I was like, dude, I got to figure something out, man. Cause this is like, like, I, I'm afraid to be with myself alone. Cause it's so, I, I get so worked up. I am such bad anxiety. So I started watching stand-up comedy every night and, and like before I went to bed. So, cause I was like, I, 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 cause I'd go to bed and I'd have like night terrors all night or, you know, sit yeah. there and like have nightmares about my shit. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, Man, fuck this, you know? And I was like, so I, so I literally watched every single Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock comedy like that I'd grown up on. And that was my nightly routine for an hour as I would watch stand up comedy for an hour and laugh till I cried. And then I just go, and just, I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm just bi biohacking. 
So I was yeah. a little, so it was, so it's really funny. Like like what you just said reminded me of that. And obviously, I kind of admitted some vulnerable shit, but but that was my my solution. So I have a friend, yeah, really good friend of mine. He's kind of he's like I kid you not. He's like he's fifty. He's late fifties. He's kind of like Andrew Dice Clay. Like like <laughs> like like legit offensive. Says rude shit. Like funny as fuck. If you like that sort of stuff, which I do. Um, and he just got diagnosed with cancer. And, mm. and, and, and he's in it. And I was like, Hey man, I have a little cheat sheet for you. And he's like, what's that? And I said, and I don't know if you, if you're an Andrew Schultz fan, I love Andrew Schultz. So I sent him Andrew Schultz hour long comedy. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to send you comedy every single day. And I'm like, just cause I'm like, look, he's in it right now. You know, and I'm, and yeah. I'm like, help me help me when I was in it. So anyway, I, I think that's really cool that you guys are doing that. Cause I do think that like men are just wired differently. You know, we're, you know, it's like men are from Mars, women are from, from Venus, like, you know, yeah, everything in between, right? Yeah, and gallows humor, dark humor, as a way to get through to a guy who's in a harder place. It really is. It's a great starting point. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I love what you guys are doing. So, look, if people want to connect with you guys, learn more, connect with you to learn more directly, what are some ways they can get in touch? Uh, yeah, you can find our, we're at getmental.com. We like to t tell everyone it's time to get mental, uh, or mental is in both uh, Android and, and iTunes app stores, um, or find me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Anson, so, so much, uh, gratitude having you here on the greatness machine. I'm so excited for all the amazing stuff you're doing in the world. I'm, I'm proud of my friend Duggar for, for, for knowing that this would be great content for our show and for our listeners. So man, thank you. Lots of gratitude from here at the greatness machine. Yeah. Really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, man. Hey, and listen, Hey, for listeners, go check out getmental.com. Uh, follow Anson on uh, all the social stuff. We'll put that in the show notes and um, support the app. And if you're a guy out there or you are um, in a relationship or a friend or a family member of a, of a person that is a man, which there's probably at least a 50% chance of that. Well, maybe less these days because of all the stuff in between. But um, <laughs> go, go, go ahead and uh, support Get Mental. All right. Uh, with that said, peace out, everybody. Love you. Right. Thank you. Take care. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode, you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. 
I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.